you would, please turn with me in your copies of God's Word to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. And as we come to consider this book this morning, we must remember that Jeremiah is writing this lamentation because of the estate of the people of God. He's writing it because of their unrepentant sins. Here in the third chapter, we we see the despair that the prophet has because of this and the rejection of his message. But we also see the hope that he has in the Lord, even in the midst of it. And so with that in mind, give your attention to the reading of God's most holy word from Lamentations chapter 3, beginning at verse 19. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Thus far the reading of God's holy word, let us ask his blessing upon it. O Holy Father, we do ask Thy blessing upon this Word, this Word which Thou hast given us, this Word which Thou hast preserved and kept pure through all ages, this Word which Thou hast uh, entrusted into Thy church. O Lord, we ask that this Word would go forth and not return void, that it would implant into our hearts and our lives and grow into uh, a blossoming uh, flower of faith. O Lord, we pray that our ears would be Open and our hearts would be ready to receive this word preached with gladness and with joy. Let our minds not be distracted from the things of this world, but let us be focused upon the things that are said here, that are proclaimed unto us this day. O oh Lord, clear us. Clear our minds, clear our hearts from all distractions. And we pray now, Lord, for the minister as he preaches this word, 
Give him the words to say and let us receive it, O Lord, as it is, which is the very Word of God. O Lord, we ask that the preaching of the Word would not be in the wisdom and enticing words of men, but would be in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power. Feed us through Thy servant, O Lord. Feed us with Thy Word. Bless our worship in this way, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, our passage this morning speaks uh, to the depth of the human experience from the height of despair to the peaks of hope. We all recognize that life is not without its fair share of trials. We all encounter seasons of, of darkness, of pain, of confusion. And it's during these times that we may feel as though our souls are steeped in misery. Jeremiah knew this intimately, and we too are not immune to its sting. Misery in all of its various forms reminds us of our vulnerability and our humanity, our humanness. It's in remembering this state of affliction that we truly understand the depth of our need for something that is greater than ourselves. We, and then we see a glimmer of hope that pierces through the clouds of sorrow. Amidst the trials, there is a message of resilience and of faith. We are urged to remember the Lord's mercies. Those moments of grace that have punctuated our lives, demonstrating God's unwavering love even in the face of our suffering. In times of distress, it is easy to lose sight of these mercies, but as we reflect upon them, we discover that, that there is a powerful source of hope that sustains us even through the darkest of nights. In the midst of our pain, it's necessary, it's essential to recognize that our souls can find solace and sustenance in God alone. The world may offer temporary relief, but it's through our union with Christ, it's through our being united with Jehovah that our spirits are truly renewed. Our portion is not in the fleeting pleasures or, or material possessions of this world, but it is in the eternal and unchangeable presence of God. And this truth reminds us that our souls can flourish even in the midst of hardship. And so as we consider these verses, we see the suffering and hope 
we see that, that there is suffering and hope that is found here and that it points us to the suffering and hope that is found in the life of Jesus Christ. Just as Jeremiah's lamentation was not without God's, uh, the promise of God's faithfulness, Christ's suffering was filled with the faithfulness of God as well and led to the ultimate triumph over misery in His resurrection. His presence in the midst of our lamentation transforms our suffering now into a means of spiritual growth and renewal. His sacrifice and victory reminds us that even in our lowest moments, there can be hope found in misery. And so first we see the prophet Jeremiah saying, remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. Now there are two different ways in which we can understand this passage. One way that it can be understood is that the prophet himself is remembering his affliction and misery. And if this is the case, then we see this righteous man of God continuing his lament about the evils that he has seen and experienced. Remember, this is Jeremiah. This is the weeping prophet. The man who who knew that his ministry to the people of God would be one of being rejected and mocked and ridiculed. We don't have in the picture of Jeremiah a man with whom we would deem a successful ministry. He's not seeing converts in droves, nor is he seeing the people of God turn from their idols in perversions and turn once again unto the Lord. He's not some megachurch pastor. Nor is he a celebrity with a great following. No, this man is despised and rejected of his own people. He's a minister whose ministry is one that he characterized as affliction and misery. He calls it the wormwood and the gall. It was as though it were a poison that had seeped into his life. It was a time of bitterness that ruined the taste of what ought to have been a very sweet experience. His descriptions of this period uh, convey the, the profound troubles that had plagued not only the people of God, but also himself as the divine messenger. We're given a glimpse into the challenging times that Jeremiah confronted. His heartache stemmed not only from the suffering of God's people, but from the burden of delivering an unwelcome message as well. 
But then another perspective through which we can approach this verse is that it's a heartfelt prayer that is uttered by the prophet unto the Lord. In the margins of your Bible, you may uh, notice that it suggests an alternate translation. It may say, or remember, instead of remembering. And if we understand this this, uh, word as remember instead of remembering, then, then... we find the prophet fervently pleading with his Lord to recall his affliction and misery. He would say, remember mine affliction and misery. Matthew Poole remarks that this phrase serves as a prayer directed towards God. And so this insight reveals that even amidst the profound perplexity that the prophet and his people are not plunged into utter despair. Rather, their hearts turn steadfastly unto God in prayer. In the midst of his affliction and misery, the prophet recognizes that there exists only one refuge. Only one source of true solace, and that is the Lord his God. And this, uh, this sentiment, it, 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 it echoes forth the experience of another prophet, one which we're very familiar with, Jonah. Remember Jonah's cry to the Lord from the belly of the great fish? I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and He heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and Thou heardest my voice. Jonah's words vividly illustrate the power of persistent prayer even in the direst of circumstances. Even when our faith falters, and doubts assail us. This counsel stands. Friends, do not abandon the lifeline of prayer. Instead, let your heart uh, pour forth petitions again and again and again unto your God. Even when you find yourself teetering at the threshold of despair or confined to the depths of your own distress, turn your gaze around over your shoulder and look unto Jehovah. Just as Jonah's desperate cry from the belly of the fish reached the ears of the Almighty, so too will your prayers and petitions rise up before him. Do not allow the notion that God might not hear or heed your cries deter you from prayer. Instead, approach God in earnest, repeated supplication. When you feel the grip of desperation gripping onto you, let prayer be What loosens it? Let it be that gentle breeze that follows a storm. 
when your strength wastes away, friends, the power of prayer remains. The prophet's plea to remember, whether it's a reflection of his own affliction or whether it is a supplication unto God, it encourages us to lean into prayer as the anchor of our hope in times of trouble. The essence of this message is the constancy of God's willingness to listen and to respond and to deliver us from our affliction. Just as Jonah emerged from the belly of the fish, so too can we emerge from the depths of our own trials when we steadfastly turn our hearts to God in prayer. And so we have two ways in which to understand this passage, that it is Jeremiah reflecting on his own experiences or that it is Jeremiah asking God to remember what he has gone through. And it seems that both of these ways of understanding this are valid and possibly both are even in mind. It's true that Jeremiah is both remembering his affliction and misery as well as calling upon the Lord to remember. And so we see that it has an effect on our prophet. He says, My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. He is humbled by what he has gone through. Far too often we fix our minds too much on the remembrance of our affliction and misery. We just focus upon remembering it. And that's it. And this opens the door to Satan to fill your hearts with all kinds of thoughts of despair. In times of your misery, do not dwell upon these things, but instead bring them to the Lord. Be humbled by them. See that you are not in control, but that you need the provision of the One who is. You must have humble hearts under humbling providences. And it isn't always the case uh, that the cause for the humbling providence is a sin in your own lives. But there are times in which that is the case. So humble yourself. Search out the secret places of your heart to see if there are sins that remain and if those be the cause of such bitter times of trouble. And if so, repent. Repent of those sins before the Lord. Wrestle in the midst of this and you will have victory. Victory which comes only by looking to Jehovah. 
Be sure of this, that if your affliction and misery are laid out to God, He will surely remember your pitiful state. And your faith will be strengthened by laying hold of God. And so in the midst of remembering his affliction and misery and in crying out to the Lord to remember, we see that there is hope to be found in misery. There is hope to be found in the mercy of the Lord. We read, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. We see that Jehovah brings light out of darkness. He restores His faithful people from despair to a good hope. He makes our infirmity itself a cause for hope. It is as though Jeremiah has in mind the words of David in Psalm 42.5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. It's what Paul speaks of in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. It's the living out of James 1 and verses 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Friends, let this be the salve, the, the balm of your soul against the times of affliction and misery. Even if you are brought as low as Jeremiah, if you wrestle, you will prevail through the power of Christ and have hope of deliverance in Him. And we see another great truth. That it is through the Lord's mercies that we are not utterly consumed by the trials uh, that beset us. The word mercies carries uh, with it a very weighty significance because it, it, it encompasses not only compassion and forgiveness, but it also encompasses grace. And not receiving that which you deserve. The Lord's uh, mercy stands as a shield protecting us from being overwhelmed by the challenges that we face in this life. 
It's a testament to the to the unyielding nature of the Lord's compassions. It is an endless reservoir from which hope springs eternal. It is in Christ that this respite is found. We read our Savior say in Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. But the Lord's mercies are not simply a means by which we are not consumed by the afflictions and miseries that we may be experiencing here in this life. It's of the Lord's mercies that you are not consumed in His just wrath. Dear saints, you must realize that you deserve nothing but the immense wrath of God to be poured out upon you. Your vile and wicked sins against a holy and just God deserve absolute destruction. It is of the Lord's mercies that you are not consumed. Praise God. And so when you begin to see that, you will begin to realize that whatever difficulty you're going through, whatever uh, affliction and misery that you're experiencing, it falls far short of what you actually deserve. David Dixon, that great member of the Westminster Assembly, writes, when our eyes are open to see our deservings and compare God's dealings with our deserving, then complaints will cease. And then will fretting and impatience be laid aside and we will be patient and humble before the Lord. And the marvelous blessing that we receive is that the Lord's mercies are not a one-time occurrence, but rather they're a constant stream. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Each day, his mercies are renewed. But but it's important. It's important for us to recognize that this doesn't mean that it's always going to be uh, some serene sunrise. Rather, just as the dawn dispels the darkness and introduces the light, the Lord's mercies disperses the shadows of this light and ushers in His radiant presence. Even in the depths of our darkest trials, Jehovah's mercies prevail, allowing us to rest in the anticipation of renewal. 
And this assurance becomes our comfort, our solace, as we navigate life's journey in this fallen world. So dear brothers and sisters, regardless of the challenges that you face, whether it's the loss of a job or the grief of losing loved ones or the uncertainty of the future, if it be family difficulties or a feeling of distance from God, the anguish of a wayward child or even the looming fear of death, patiently wait upon the Lord. Even though the night may stretch on seemingly endlessly, even if the darkness may feel as though it's impenetrable, endure with patience until the morning arrives. For it surely will. Jehovah's appointed time will come. He will guide you through darkness and just as certainly as the dawn follows the night, His mercies will be renewed. This stands as a promise, as a testament to his unchanging faithfulness. Amid a world where, where countless things falter and, and, and fail, allow the unshakable faithfulness of the Lord to become the anchor that steadies your hope. In every trial, every tribulation, every moment of uncertainty, let the constancy of His mercies and unwavering assurance of His faithfulness be your firm foundation. When circumstances shake, when the world disappoints, remember that the promises of the Lord are steadfast and true. His faithfulness is the unyielding rock upon which you can securely tether your hope. And then now we see that this passage transitions in such a stark way that the portion of the text ends in the exact opposite way in which it began where we began with remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, we now conclude with the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. We see this declaration of unwavering faith and hope rooted in the Lord. The Lord is my portion. Or once it seemed as though the prophet was filled with affliction and misery, now he joyfully declares that he is filled with the Lord. Do you hear the echo of Psalm seventy-three twenty-six in the words of our prophet? My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart in my portion forever. God is not just some distant deity. He is an intimate 
and personal provider. And so Jeremiah's soul recognizes and responds to this truth of God's provision. His soul is no longer faint nor weary. It is no longer troubled by affliction and misery. But instead, it is completely satisfied in Jehovah. And dear saints, this must be your hearts as well. By recognizing God as your portion and anchoring your hope in Him, you show forth your dependence upon Him and His sovereign will. Friends, you must ensure that God is your portion. That He is the one who fills you. Rely on Him as your only source of sustenance and support. Seek comfort and strength from Him, particularly when you find yourselves facing difficult circumstances and experiencing feelings of sorrow. This foundation of faith and hope will guide you through all of life's challenges. When you turn to God as your portion, you are acknowledging that He is the guiding light even in the darkest of times. During moments of lamentation and sorrow, you must rest in the sure promises of the Lord for they are unfailing. He is your refuge and source of comfort, giving you the peace and assurance that your soul needs. As Matthew Henry says, it is our duty to make God the portion of our souls and then to make use of Him as our portion and to take comfort in the midst of our lamentations. It is your duty. And so I ask you, is God your portion? When the throes of life are overcoming you, when it seems as though you're being tossed to and fro by the raging waves of the storms of this life, to whom do you run? So many of us are so prone to flee to the comforts of our friends or family or even to seek comforts in isolation. And yet, while there may be good that comes in turning to those things in certain instances or even in the moment, they can do nothing to bring lasting joy and peace. They cannot bring calm and comfort from the storm of life. That can only be found in the Sovereign Lord of all. So flee to Him. Find your rest and comfort and hope in Him. Make Him your portion all the days of your life and you will find that each day His His mercies are renewed and your hope is strengthened. And if you're here today and the Lord is not your portion, if He is not where you find your comfort and your hope because you're not found in Him, then I plea with you 
to turn away from your sins and turn on uh, turn away from your wicked desires and turn unto Christ. Here in this text, Jeremiah takes on the role of the singular man who bears the affliction and misery of the people of God. And as their representative, he brings these things before the Lord. But Jeremiah is only a type. He's one that points us to someone who is far greater. Christ Jesus is the true representative of His people. He is the one who truly is speaking here in Lamentations 3. It's through His redemptive work that Christ became the man of sorrows, the afflicted one. The one who is despised by his own and made to bear the weight of the sin of his people upon his shoulders. In Isaiah 53, we read of Christ in this way. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Friends, Jesus willingly bore the weight of human suffering, the weight of the world, the weight of your sins, and he nailed them to the cross. Because He was the perfect representative of humanity's affliction and misery. And so friends, this is the only place where your hope can be found. If you are not resting in the finished work of Christ, then there is no hope for you. Remember what our prophet has said. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Friends, that is because the Lord Jesus Christ was consumed in our stead. Whereas the wrath of God ought to have been poured out upon you for the just deserts of your sins. The Lord Jesus Christ drank the cup of God's wrath to the bitter dregs. So that there is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans 8.1 But for those of you who are not in Christ, there remains a condemnation. There is a condemnation for you if you die apart from Him. There remains the wrath of God to be poured out upon you for your sins against the Lord. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. 
they shall consume, and to smoke shall they consume away. That's what's a, that is what awaits you at the end of this life if you cling to your sins instead of clinging to Christ. You will consume away. There will be no mercy of the Lord by which you are not consumed. There will be only righteous judgment. So once again, I plead with you, if you are not in Christ, then hear the good news of the Gospel today. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life of obedience to the Father. He died an unjust death by the hands of wicked men. And in His death, He bore the sins of His people upon Himself and paid the price that we could never pay. He was crucified, died, and was buried. And on the third day, He rose again from the dead, victorious over the grave, conquering hell in His power. He ascended unto God Most High and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from thence, He will come in the last great day to judge all of mankind, the living and the dead. And those who are not found in Him will receive their reward, which is to be cast into the lake of fire forever. But friends, the good news of the Gospel is that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so the call to you today is to repent and believe the Gospel. 1 John 1.9 tells us if, thou, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess your sins. Repent of those sins. Turn away from them and turn unto Christ and embrace Him this day. For today is the day of salvation and you're not promised tomorrow. And children, the call to you is to recognize the work of Christ as well and to close with Him. If you've been made partakers of this covenant and you've been sealed with the waters of baptism, you must uh, now make this profession your own and commit yourselves to the Lord. Rest in Him. You may not have experienced the affliction and misery of this life much at all, but I trust, uh, but I ask that you trust me when I say that those times are coming. If you've not closed with Christ, then you will not have any refuge or hope in time of trouble. And worst of all, you will have no refuge or hope in that last great day. To all of you, dear saints, do not let the affliction and misery that you face in this life overwhelm you. Run to Christ. Run to your loving 
Savior, for He is your comfort and peace. Do not flee to the things of the world because they will fail you. Flee to Christ, for His compassions fail not. The darkness will only last for a moment, but the dawn will come, and with it comes the mercies of the Lord anew. Take comfort in that. Find your hope in that. Brothers and sisters, let this passage be an encouragement and a comfort to you all. Just as Jeremiah was in the lowest of places, just as his faith had begun uh, to falter and it appeared as though he were headed for despair, and yet he cast his eyes upon the Lord and there found hope. Let it be so with you. Let your pain and suffering, trials and tribulations, affliction and misery drive you to your knees so that you cry out to your God and cry out to Him in fervent prayer. He will hear your cries and He will answer them. So fix your eyes upon Christ, the One who bore your affliction and misery upon Himself and find your refuge and hope in Him. Find your fullness in Jehovah. Say with the prophet, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Friends, this is how you too can find hope in misery. Let us pray. O oh Lord, we thank Thee for this Word. And we pray, Lord, that in our darkest times we would trust in Thee. That we would not look to the things of this world for comfort or for peace, but we would flee to Christ Jesus the one who bore our sorrows, who bore our griefs, and the one who now intercedes before the Father on our behalf, and the one whose spirit has been sent as our comforter. Let us rest in him. O oh Lord, there be any here who have not experienced the compassions and the mercies of the Lord. We ask that this message will go forth and penetrate into their hearts, calling them to repentance so that they would flee from the wrath to come. O oh Lord, let us find our trust and hope in Thee and in Thee alone. Let us dwell upon these truths as we move forward and continue throughout our week. Let this portion of meat feed us as we dwell upon these things in meditation. Oh Lord, thank you. We we thank thee.
for thy word. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.